Hey folks, if you've seen any of the great merch we have lately, we've got Witch Police shirts, we've got bags, we've got more gear on the way. That's all made by our friends at Divine Shirt Company. Whether it's screen printing or embroidery, heat press vinyl or graphic design, Divine Shirts is the place to go for your band merch. They've been doing some of the best stuff from the best bands in Winnipeg and beyond. And if you're looking to get some merch made, head over to divineshirtcompany.ca or follow them on Instagram and tell them which police radio sent you. Get up off your ass and get up on the podcast! All right, welcome to Witch Police Radio. I am speaking with someone wearing a babushka, which is always cool. It doesn't happen very often uh, on the podcast. This may be a first time. And I think that uh, before we get into anything here, the best way to start this off is if you want to introduce yourself and just give a bit of background about where you're coming from. Because, you know, a lot of the people on this podcast are kind of um, very well established in Winnipeg artists. And as I understand, you're pretty new to the city. So maybe if you want to just give a little bit of information about where you're coming from and we can sort of take it from there. For sure, for sure. Well, thanks for having me on. I'm excited to be on Witch Police Radio. Um, I'm Kitz Wilman. I'm a multi-instrumentalist and producer, originally from Saskatoon, Treaty 6. That's where I grew up. Okay. And then in uh, 2012, I moved to Ottawa. So I was out in Ottawa and then living in Kingston for a bit. And then I just moved here to Winnipeg in uh, September. So cool. very fresh to the city, though. I've been here before, um, I guess... 2010 would have been the first time I played Winnipeg, I think. Okay. okay. Um, yeah, I used to play in lots of bands before I really was was mainly solo, um, Saskatoon based. Okay, cool. Yeah, uh, yeah. Why Winnipeg? I mean, like you know, I, I love Winnipeg personally, and obviously I wouldn't be doing the show. I don't think if I didn't. But what was the uh, reason for you to come here? Because it's not you know a lot of people come here and then leave and then come back and then eventually end up back here, <laughs> kind of permanently anyway. But you're coming mm-hmm. from somewhere else and 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 choosing Winnipeg, I, I assume, right? Yeah. Um, well, I think what you're describing about Winnipeg, I'm going to be that way with Saskatoon. Like sure. I am going to, and so, and, and I'm not quite ready for that yet, but um, <laughs> I was doing a PhD in um, Kingston. That's why I was living there and I dropped out. So it was like, I don't have my student status anymore. So I have to leave the province anyways. And what's a big city that I'm interested in. That's a little bit closer to home. And yeah, that's a place where I've always enjoyed myself. I've had the cool. opportunity to to work here a bit um, in the summertime once or twice, and just having a few uh, pre-existing connections. And then thinking like, what's kind of the sentiment that people have about places in Canada? Um, and they would say, I think, similar things about Saskatoon as I would about Winnipeg. And so I know how I know how much potential there is here, um, and. Yeah, it's just one of those places where, like, um, like I'm not interested if you're from Vancouver. If I'm looking at your Bandcamp page <laughs> or something, not that I moved here for that. Yeah, sure, just sure. Just like, you know, Toronto, Montreal, Vancouver. I've been in these places. I've had fun, but I think there's something more about that just sub million city. Um, I think Winnipeg and Ottawa are quite similar um, population wise. So. Okay. Um, yeah, quite a few aspects to it, but mostly just to be back out west, back on the prairies. Cool. Yeah, it's always good. Yeah. Always good to be back on the prairies. Um, so yeah. obviously you're coming to the city during uh, you know a weird time for everyone because the pandemic's happening. So I was going to ask you like you know what was your experience kind of getting into the music scene here? But like you said, you've you've mm-hmm. been through on tour with other bands and things over the years, and mm-hmm. obviously no one's playing shows in Winnipeg right now, so that's not even a 
a possibility at this point, but did you have sort of pre-existing, um, uh, maybe a pre-existing idea of what the scene was like here musically? Well, and not, just before, not, before you answer that, the reason I ask yeah. that is because I think that my, and I include myself in this. I think a lot of Winnipeggers have this outsized idea of how important our music scene is. And we maybe feel like it's, uh, it's reputation kind of, uh, extends beyond Manitoba's borders. I don't know if it does mm-hmm. so much, but uh, I, we definitely think that like, there's this aggrandized version of what Winnipeg's music scene is. Uh, and I'm definitely guilty of that too. Mm-hmm. Um, well, for me, I have to say like comeback kid is my favorite hardcore band. Okay. Um, so that originally is just like, it, it was a place where there was heavy music happening sure. and there was something about it that the bands always seemed bigger. And I think because when you have a, a like a propaganda, you have a comeback kid, like there's just label, label bands that aren't really happening in Saskatoon. There was, there was a band from Regina into eternity. That was a big like metal band, but not really anyone kind of in that like hardcore sphere, which I really liked. Um, so Comeback Kid, yeah, I've, I've loved them for a long time. And then, uh, yeah, just the friends that I've made, like, um, Waster is, yeah. is the main band that I know. Okay. Cool, um, cool band. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, I've known them for, for quite a while. Lots of partying, playing, playing like small town Saskatchewan and Alberta with them. Right on. Um, and then, so there's, there's that side of things, like the, the heavier music scene. And then, of course, like John K. Sampson and, and some of the other artists that are like indie. Mm-hmm. Um, but then the other side is like Peanuts and Corn. Um, yeah. Like that, that hip hop um, kind of side of Winnipeg. And I knew like Winnipeg's most and a couple other acts as well. But um, yeah, like, so there was one time I was, when I was first moving to Kingston, my car had died. And so I came back to Saskatchewan and I bought my mom's van off her and then I drove it back. And I was listening to the Third Verse podcast. Which, yeah, it's a good um, show. Yeah, really good show. And uh, so when I was in Saskatoon, I was at the Vinyl Diner and I was like, okay, hey, I want to get, I knew I wanted to get someone that had an episode on Third Verse. Yeah. And so I got um, Trinipeg 78 by Nestor Winrush. Yeah, and yeah. and, the, and I, I'd heard him in features, but I'd never heard like a full album. And so I listened to that podcast, and right when I hit the perimeter, I wasn't stopping in Winnipeg because I was going, yeah. I stayed in Kenora that night, just at Walmart, but um, <laughs> right when I got to Winnipeg, the episode ended, and I put on the album, and he told so many stories of the album, and it just was like um, a really crazy musical experience, and then that was the, the main album I had in my van the whole time I lived in Kingston. Cool. Very cool. Um, and, and so when I first moved here, I, I robbed crooks had just released his new album yep. so w- when i was getting it, i told i bought it from him and i met up with him i didn't know him before but now now we're buddies and uh and i was like well this is going to be the the uh winnipeg soundtrack and so his new album introducing the ghost great album like, too yeah yeah the the main the main if not only thing i've listened to up until now that my album's done i have to like <laughs> check the mix in the van of sure. course but yeah, yeah. Well, okay. Well, maybe that's a good a good segue into like, how do you define what your sound is? Because it's obviously hip hop hip hop influence, but there's way more going on than just that. I mean, there's there's like some mm-hmm. really really out there stuff that's like almost avant garde jazz sort of sounding. There's there's things that are a lot more aggressive and a lot more more punk, and uh, although not mm-hmm. necessarily punk genre wise, but punk aesthetically. And there's like some uh, you know the vocals are pretty unique. So I guess you could call it a hip hop album, but it's, mm-hmm. it, it's it's more than that, right? Like, how do you define it? Uh, well, I, I love, so I came up in the MySpace era, right? So I love when they used to have the three genres. Yeah. yeah. Um, you'd be like hardcore metal, happy hardcore, something yeah, like yeah. something that you didn't know what it was. It was a real genre and you put it in. But 
I used to always um, put so tape my, music on mine. Whenever I, I don't, apparently oh, okay. tape music was a genre. I, I stuck it on everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. nice. Because you had tapes. That, exactly. That yeah. was the yeah. idea. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and that was like my band. We put happy hardcore because we were like not like gothic hardcore. Okay. Yeah. We were like partying kind of. So it was like yeah, okay. And then yeah, people come to your page and they're like, this is not happy hardcore. <laughs> Anyways, but um, well, for me, it's like definitely hip hop, but experimental slash jazz that's kind of like the three genres in which i like to think that i operate in and just in the idea that you really have jazz and then you have experimentation and then you have hip-hop there's obviously other genres that contributed to that formation but i think that's kind of the lineage that at least i've experienced the most like because i uh, i'm a little bit younger than some of these like canadian underground cats like there wasn't as clear of that um like you're a hip-hop head there like i i've always been a hip-hop head but there wasn't like that as a grouping yeah um and even playing in hardcore bands and stuff there wasn't really that as a grouping as well um so the kind of bands i played in early on like my first one was a hardcore band but it was drum and bass so a lot of what you're saying about kind of my sound now i think existed then first band you know just figuring out vocals I'm playing drums at the same time as I'm singing. So like kind of holding back in certain ways and okay. stuff like that. Um, and so over the, the course of the Kids Woman project, it's been trying to get back to a, a songwriting style that is a little bit more like that and thinking about the performance first and foremost. Okay. And obviously right now there's no shows happening. So for me to make a record is like the first time I'm performing in Winnipeg living here you know what i mean sure yeah yeah. um so i really like to to improvise as much as possible and i think royal visit to uranium city is an example of like an improvised focus release whereas um like two releases ago my driving hand is a lot more like straight up hip-hop okay it might have like the different kind of experimental styles but it really is meant to be hip-hop so i kind of have that um idea first and foremost of like is this going to be hip hop or is this going to be jazz as the leading genre? Right. And it's always going to be experimental. Whose funeral is that? A man would sometimes ask on Plutonian Avenue. Oh, just one of the city aldermen. A passerby would answer hurriedly. A passerby would answer hurriedly. Iceberg leaving wishes in the water, and when the whale says what to do, I do it, and usually it's dance. Dance. This volcano is the city council chambers. Babushka's waiting for the bread truck, waiting for the post. But of course, every village has a war memorial. Every village has a war memorial. But of course! Yeah, babushkas are waiting for the bread truck. 
And they waiting for the mail Waiting for the truck with the letters With the stamps on them When the human race evolved It evolved with uranium in the environment So we physiologically can actually deal with it To some extent Plutonium is a man-made element Element, element Yeah, so like I said I'm kneeling on this iceberg And there's this whale in the water And I'm doing this thing It looks like praying But it feels like wishing And it It sounds a lot like a saxophone when it's upset A saxophone when it ain't fed When this reed ain't wet When this reed ain't wet, 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 wet. But Bushka's waiting for the bread truck in Eastern European cities Babushka's waiting for the bread truck in Winnipeg Babushka's waiting for the mail truck Hey, Babushka's waiting for that Cisco delivery Babushka's waiting for that But even even the vocals on this one, uh, they have they they sound jazzy in the sense that it comes across. I don't know if this is how you did them, but they seem very stream of consciousness. And uh, mm-hmm. in, in certain songs, more than others, but it definitely seems like a lot of it is it, it, the vocals are being improvised as well. Is that accurate, or is that just my, the way I'm hearing it? No, totally. So the first song I had the, the I had one line, um, the like I'm kneeling on an iceberg, leaving wishes in the water, which is in a later song. Yeah. So I'd had the later song, and I was like, you know, I need an intro. And um, so, like, all the the babushka, like, storytelling in that is just, like, all the concepts I'd been thinking of coming coming out through that song. Um, and Dust on the Bookshelf is, like, almost entirely improvised. Okay. There's, like, a there's a line in the middle um, that I think is really good. And it's, like, I'm not going to say that's totally improvised. I thought of that line earlier when I was out for a walk. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Knowing yeah. I was going to record later. And so that's kind of, like... I wouldn't label something a freestyle because I'm doing stuff like that. Um, and then I might even just like grab a book off the shelf and, and kick a line. Like the very opening of the record is just literally read right from that book. So okay, while that okay. song Kings is improvised, there is like, Oh, I'm, I'm just stealing right from this book or I'm like going here or whatever, which is like sampling basically, but sampling lyrics out of a book. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, which, yeah, sampling as a concept is something that I love to really use as a, a driving force, um, whether that is like sampling myself um, mm-hmm. in the way that I'm using a saxophone performance on a recording or something like that. Where does the sax uh, come from? Because, I mean, you know, sax isn't typically something you hear in hardcore bands. So obviously mm-hmm. you, you must have come to that instrument in a bit of a different way. Yeah, sax, I so I've always enjoyed saxophone and jazz like pharaoh yeah. sanders uh matana roberts uh, cassie kenoshi these are like a couple of my favorite um composers and performers they, yeah. all, they all mainly play sax um but like i had did trumpet in grade six didn't really like it you know stuck with drums that kind of situation but when i was living in kingston so this would have been two years ago now um they had an instrument library so I was able to just like get a saxophone That's cool. and try it. And I did have to buy, you know, some reeds, but they gave me one reed to go with and that was it. Um, so I started from just having a rental 
And yeah. then I bought like a, a pretty crappy used one that's fairly broken. But since living in Winnipeg, I bought like a little student one off someone because obviously their kid wasn't doing band anymore. Sure, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And so I, I, I've been playing that. But yeah, I'm, I'm like totally self-taught, just just trying to like express, you know. Um, a lot of times I think people think drums is like really, you know, you're getting it out, you're you're hitting, you're thrashing, but... I've never felt like that kind of expression of the blues and the way that I feel with playing the saxophone. That makes um, sense. It's just like, it's like, you know, when you're so mad, you just want to spit. Yeah. Yeah. It's like doing that, but it sounds good. Yeah. Well, yeah. it doesn't always sound good. Even if I'm it doesn't though, it's a sax is, I think yeah. it's one of those instruments too, that, I mean, a lot of the, uh, a lot of my favorite jazz stuff, it would be someone just going completely insane on a saxophone where it, it's mm-hmm. not even playing notes. They're just playing noise and, 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 it, it works so well for that. Like it just has something about the range of sounds that it can make is uh, makes it very well suited for expressing without necessarily having the, the technique behind it. Right? Totally. I think it's kind of like a xylophone. If you just mash on a xylophone, yeah. you're going to hit a couple like um, semitones or you're going to, things are going to happen themselves just because the setup of the instrument. Yeah. Yeah. And so a lot of this or pretty much all of the sax was played through a pedal as well. Um, so I'm using like a delay pedal to really just, you know, you can make that, that one little chunk of sound and then start making it be a bit more melodic because you're bending it or, or, or whatever like that. So that's been really, um, opening up the saxophone for me is kind of, I think things like you think of someone like the edge and everyone will say, Oh, pedals are just a crutch for that guy. I, like I welcome that idea with playing saxophone. Anything that's going to make it sound a bit better (laughs) is great for me. Right, right. Yeah. Well, it does sound cool on the record. Like you know, whether it's Thank whether you. it's the way you're playing it or the pedals or both. I mean, it it, it, it it's a unique sound and it it comes through. Like, mm-hmm. uh, and the best thing I saw is when uh, someone I know posted your your record on your Bandcamp link on, on the Facebook, and uh, another friend saw it and commented that like you know he hates saxophones but actually like this. Which I thought was oh, cool. Man, that, that's so cool. It, it was a cool thing because I mean I have definitely had arguments with this guy about how great saxophones are and he doesn't agree with me at all. But mm. even as someone who hated saxophone, he dug what you were doing with it. So that's yeah, it's uh. So you you do something right. <laughs> I guess that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. So um, thanks for sharing that. Yeah, no problem. Um, I was gonna ask you like, okay, so the concept behind this record. I mean, the Babushka thing. You're wearing one right now. Um, the royal visit to Uranium City. What, what's going on with all this? It's obviously relating to a historical event in, in Saskatchewan mm-hmm. in the 50s, right? Yeah. So in 1959, um, they opened the St. Lawrence Seaway in Montreal. Like, that. that's all man-made, right? Yeah. Um, and uh, so the Queen and Prince Philip came to smash a bottle of champagne on that or whatever. Right, right. And then, of course, we're here to do our or colonial due diligence and go to all our little colonies of and, course, yeah. and check on how everyone's doing. Um, but the queen, she didn't actually go to Uranium City. Um, and it was later revealed that she was pregnant at the time of the tour. So okay. it's like, oh, did they not want her to go near the radiation? Or oh, whatever, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ideas like this. And so my personal connection to Uranium City is just through my dad that he's a truck driver and he used to go there. So, okay. so he's been to one of those places where like, it already has that name that just stands out, but having that idea, he used to do the ice roads to go there and he quit ice roads. And when I was a kid and he just started doing it again this year, but um, so that was like a place that kind of stuck out to me. Um, But then I think there's not really actually any literal content about the Royal visit. Right. 
Um, that's just like um, atmosphere. And the title really came when I was pretty much done. Okay. But I was watching a lot of YouTube at the time. And I really like YouTube a lot. I'm not on Netflix. I'm on YouTube right, like that. Right. And, and um, whatever it is, you know, documentaries or, or train hopping videos. Yeah. Sure. Um, but um, so I was watching or I watched this movie where these kids like went into Chernobyl, um, like where you're not allowed to go. Yeah. Where it's all the radiation. And so that was what made me start thinking about this idea of a royal visit to Uranium City and just hearing a bit more about Chernobyl and like then wanting to learn all about it because these kids are just going and they just climb on stuff yeah. and then like leave kind of. It's pretty cool. But um, really random for me. That's not the, the type of thing I normally watch. But, um, you know, just learning about what happened at Chernobyl. I didn't really know the story of that and, and just the amount of people that went in and like would just work for like 10 minutes and shovel one shovel of this toxic waste and like, yeah. then I'm out. That's all I can do. Um, so to me, it's like a royal visit to Uranium City is the colonial center going to these places that they extract from all the time and saying like, hey, thanks. Right, right. Hey, thank, hey thanks for doing the dirty work. Yeah. Here, here's your we one visit for 50 it. years and you get a handshake and, or maybe and then, yeah, yeah. And, and Uranium City is a ghost town now. Right, right. So even if now we've got Harry and Meghan and this is the whole blah, 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 they're going to do the next royal tour. You know, like that's going to be the thing that that's going on with, with someone like that. Right. Right. Well, you, you, you're not even going to go to Uranium City anymore. No, you know what no. I mean? Um, so that was, a, so that was a one off. That was a, a one time historical event. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Um, so there's like aspects of playing with the real idea of Uranium City here and like colonialism in Canada. Mm -hmm what that means even for me thinking about like my dad hauling uranium or um or you hear about like the dene in um the northwest territories that like they've met with people from okinawa that um got bombed and there's been like an apology for their territory producing the uranium okay. that was yeah. used and, yeah. and stuff like that um so just like a, a real idea of what's a royal visit to uranium city other than what happened in Nagasaki. You know what I mean? There's a lot of dust on those books.
prime ministers and presidents In the city, the jail is just another residence Printing pieces of plastic With pictures and faces of prime ministers and presidents And premiers and the first Commodified water Water on the stock market Water on the stock market Market This all harkens to some other words by some other people There's a lot of dust on your bookshelf There's a lot of rust upon your mental health Yeah, the chrome is tarnished Yeah, the chrome is tarnished And there's a lot of dust on your bookshelf Your bookshelf And you're canceling those books you ordered And you're canceling those books you ordered And you're canceling those books you ordered Okay, that's that's those are a lot of heavy ideas and, and a lot of a lot of like you know uh, well thought out concepts and everything. But h- how do you translate that into something that is sonically abstract? Like, I, because I don't know if the average listener is going to hear this, and that's not necessarily going to come through. Maybe some parts of it will. No, but I mean, yeah. yeah so h- how does that translate then? How do you take that idea and those concepts and then put them into something that's you know relatively chaotic at times musically? Well, I think the thing for me is understanding that it's really hard to grasp these kind of concepts. And, and I'm not even fully understanding it myself. That's why I'm doing on a, on this particular record. That's why I'm doing improvised. Right. Parts. Right. Okay. Like, I don't know why the city council is a volcano, <laughs> but it makes a lot of sense when I start to think more about it. Um, exactly. Like, okay, the volcano is like the reactor that blew up and it was unpredictable. All these scientists in the world, but these, volcanoes blow up and they had no idea it was going to happen right um so there's aspects of really pushing disbelief and i think that's where the like chaos and especially the way i use saxophone um is kind of trying to just like coax the listener a little bit you know like this isn't the scale that you're used to right Um, Right. and so hopefully by kind of unsettling a little bit of the meter by being 
you know, being improvisational and um, even just like having uh, different lengths of songs and stuff like that. Um, really thinking about the way that our most genuine experiences aren't something that you can really contain very well, even though they might be in um, very brief moments. Okay. Um, like that royal visit to Uranium City on the length of the monarchy. That's nothing. Sure, it was that's, an afternoon. That's, yeah, going, yeah. that's going to the bathroom. Totally, yeah. yeah. He, that guy has went to the bathroom way more times than he ever went to, like, anywhere in Canada. You know Especially what I mean? Especially at 99 years old, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, but so I think there, there's aspects of just understanding that you really need to, to just let the discs slip sometimes. And really just be like, okay, the thoughts are just going to flow and I'm going to see where they're going to take me. And Royal Visit to Uranium City is the title to this thing, but I'm never really coming up on that topic too much mm -hmm. other than I do say Uranium City in, in the one song. Um, and hopefully just letting them kind of create their own idea in the same way as, you know, a, a character in a book will have a name. And the name may gain all this meaning to you, but right. it was just said on the first page. And it wasn't like their parents named them in the book and you had all this blah, blah, blah. But it's like, this is what uh, an Amelia looks like to okay. me. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. well, it's interesting, yeah. Um, so, you know, with with all of this, you have this record's out now. I mean, people are hearing it, we're, we're for, not just in Winnipeg, but obviously elsewhere as well. When this pandemic ends, if the pandemic ends, what is your uh, what what is your plan? Like, how, how do you kind of go from having this album out during this bizarre time where no one can play shows? And because mm -hmm. it seems like it, it could have a very strong visual element. I know you've made videos, you know, to go with it and everything mm -hmm. like that. So, are you hoping to be able to perform this live as some kind of a larger project, or once you're done this, are you moving on to the next thing? Really, just simple answers on to the next thing because yeah. I'm not really anybody or anyone to like get the team to really do this record it's like full justice that right, i'm right. still just you know i'm just trying to uh keep keep the 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 tap flowing you know um and so i have like a another record done that's a bit more um heavy like this it's okay. a lot of um like uh it's what's called doomy which is like traditional ukrainian folk songs oh cool okay. like yeah yeah, yeah. um history and so that's where like the babushka stuff started because i recorded that before this and the, well the babushka stuff is like me just being ukrainian and um being interested in bringing that out in my artistic expression which is something that's easier to do when you're just a solo artist compared to being in sure. a band and, sure. and you're like hey guys i'm gonna do this like thing where i wear a babushka and they're like what's that yeah yeah um, <laughs> but um yeah, I'll always play songs from this for sure, but almost undoubtedly there'll be another album of mine before I get to play a show, which is kind of like, I don't know. I don't know about you, and I don't want to necessarily get super into the pandemic, yeah. but things kind of feel different. Like, it seems like this summer is really a question mark that I have no idea yeah, I don't what either. it's going to be like. And I know even that for you guys, it was different here last summer than like where I was in Ontario. Like, we had the first mask mandate it was like lockdown like that. But last summer I also did play shows and my partner was the only person there, okay. but it was very much treated like this is a show. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I would put up a poster, there's set times and like they would come out and I'm playing for an hour. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Um, That's something so, anyway, right? 
Yeah, if there's not shows in the way we typically know it, I, I do want to try something. Like, you know the classic porches that people have yep. here where it's like the foyer on the front? I have one of those, and I'm like, how cool would it be if I was inside and people could sit outside and you yeah. have that barrier? The PA is outside, though, and I just rock it inside. You could have a crazy light show. That know. would be cool. What the ash was like. Yeah, the ash was, uh, was kind of warm. It was warm all around us, and... I'd inhaled so much of it, it had gone down my throat. I swallowed a lot of it, and I, just, I had to dig it out of my mouth. pushes it out and bubbles come up from the lava. One of the things that's kind of... um I hope happens as a result of all this is that that people get more creative with 
ways to do shows, assuming we can't mm-hmm. do big shows like that used to happen, right? I mean, if if, if like a porch show or, or some kind of other weird thing where people are spaced mm-hmm. interestingly or or in a bizarre location where you wouldn't expect a show, I, I kind of welcome that. I'm, I'm, it's unfortunate for people trying to make money, obviously, off mm-hmm. playing music that they can't do big shows or festivals like they used to but uh, maybe maybe the, the silver lining is that people come up with more creative ideas and the whole um kind of infrastructure for playing shows changes i don't know i'm i'm kind of uh, semi hopeful that things will be different in a good way but yeah who knows they are going to be different and that's for sure and i've already kind of noticed the change a bit where the last like i'll say f- the last four years Maybe five. I've played more house shows, nice. if not equal to what I played in, in regular venues. And part of that is like, there's long been a thing where like venues will have a weird feeling about hip hop. Yeah. They're just some, you know, it's racism sometimes. And other times it's just like, this person just kind of doesn't know. And they're like classic rock blues. This is yep. what, this is music. But um, <laughs> so I, I'm hoping that there'll be a bit more of a, like, not so much that the shows will change, but that the audience experience is definitely going to change. Yeah, yeah. And and there's one experience of mine that I always draw on a bit of like, the best thing a musician can have is someone with no expectations. Even better if they don't know that you're a musician. And I, yeah. there was this one time I was back in Saskatoon, like for Christmas, and I'm out at this show and it's like the end of the night, 3 a.m. like dance party kind of. And a, a buddy comes up, he's like, Hey, and we're talking or whatever. He's like, Hey, it's my birthday tomorrow. Like, do you want to come by and play? And his house is the type of house where like, there are shows there. And like, I've played there before. Like it has a name in the city. You know what I mean? But I show up and there's like, there's like eight people there. Nice. And we're playing cards against humanity. Like it's not a party. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's like maybe like two hours and I'm just kind of like, Hey, like, so do you want me to play? He's like, Oh, well, yeah, totally. I love music. Yeah. And it's like, well, yeah, I came here to play. Of course I'm going to play. So I just rock a set in the living room to these eight people. That's awesome. And after this, one guy is like, man, I didn't even know there was going to be a show tonight. And then you started <laughs> playing. And like your, your kind of experience to my music, it was like, he was like, I, I didn't know what I was hearing at yeah. first. And I yeah. was like, is this even good? And then I was like, oh, yeah. And it's like, <laughs> whoa. And it just kept getting more political and blah, blah, blah. But like that kind of experience of someone just being like, Oh, whoa, music's happening. Just wandering into I, it by accident. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like, I almost think because we've been so deprived of it, people are going to kind of start to have experiences like that. Yeah. Even if it's sadly going to be like a lot of people having really good movie experiences and nothing against movies, but like people are going to flock to the theaters. Of if course we can are, have yeah, a show yeah. with a mosh pit, everyone's going to Cineplex Odeon. And like movies are going to be are going to be such a like, yeah, it's I don't even huge, know what's yeah. going to happen with Hollywood. It's going to be weird, but hopefully that um, nobody's going to get left out. You know, I think there's, if you're doing something good, then people are going to show up for it. I hope. And yeah, if it's, you know, spaced out in a backyard or in a field or whatever, I think people are going to be happy with something this summer. And, uh, and maybe after that, I don't know. I hope so. I, 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 I prefer house shows myself. I'd much rather, I feel like you get a more intimate experience, even if there's eight mm-hmm. people, than there is with, you know, 3,000. I get why 3,000 people were, is important for a lot of artists to, to, yeah. to be able to do their job. But I mean, as a concert goer or, you know, listener, I'd much rather be sitting there with a few people in a backyard and, and having someone, you know, play a stripped down set and not have any kind of, um, 
any barriers between them and the audience, right? Where it's just like, oh, we're just hanging mm-hmm. out. Here's some songs. What do you guys want to hear? All right, I'll learn that. You know, I'll learn that right now, kind of thing. So yeah, yeah it's it, it, it's a cool uh, vibe, I think. And that and that's how it really used to be. Right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's kind of something I was thinking of with the the other record that has like the Ukrainian songs, yeah. where it's like. I wanted to make some of my own and thinking like, well, what, what's the story that, that would be told? Cause there are versions of songs that have started here and it's people being like, man, we were lied to like, this sucks <laughs> kind, of, <laughs> kind of stuff like that. Yeah. Cause I'm like, I'm like, I, I was in academia for a bit. So I, I was looking at this stuff really being like, Oh, where can I pull themes and like, look at like the settler complex and right. stuff like this. And so I've kind of like toned that down a bit. Um, and I think that's where I'm letting those more complicated things, like I was saying earlier, letting that kind of happen in the music a little bit more yeah, and not be so word heavy on the songs. Sure. A little bit more feeling. Where can people find the new album if they want to? And also your other stuff as well. Bandcamp is the main spot. This is the first full release of mine, full solo release. That's all up on streaming. Okay. I have one other um, album, and that's the collaboration with Kaylee Aquanaut called Ancient Fish from the Northwest. That's that was last streaming year, streaming right? and everything. Was that 2020? Yeah. yeah. Um, in November. Okay. Good. November 2020. And um, yeah, I wasn't quite a, Man- uh, a Manitoba Winnipeg artist then yet. Okay. We'll be fair. We'll right. be fair. You're, you're but, on, on um, route to becoming one. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, so Bandcamp is where my, my whole discography is. And then also on YouTube, I have most of my songs for the last two years have music videos and stuff. Um, so there's just lots of content on there. And, um, but yeah, Bandcamp would be the main spot, but if you're curious about this last record, it's on, um, Apple music, it's on, um, TikTok, it's, it's all over the place. Cool. Um, yeah, TikTok, most music that comes out nowadays goes right to TikTok and even, um, my stuff is now on Twitch as well. If okay. someone was a Twitch streamer and wanted to to use it, they could do that as well. I've avoided TikTok so far. I feel like I'm too old to, to even understand what it is. So I just pretend it doesn't Matt, exist. I don't want to necessarily be on this TikTok or be on this podcast saying that TikTok's awesome. But like, if you have <laughs> the one thing I will say, if you have fun anywhere on the internet, I guarantee you, you can have the most of that fun on TikTok. Oh, yeah. Like whatever content you like, it's it's the best there. Well, um, of course, you got to you got to use it, but yeah, yeah I'll right. shut up. Well, well, no, no, it's cool. It's cool. I'm o- I'm over there uh, starting beef with like Canadian music magazines and stuff. Oh, nice. That's probably because nobody's nobody's looking at it. So I'm like, I'm just gonna talk smack and like yeah. just exist in this world while it's kind of on the periphery to anyone like above 25. <laughs> right on. And then you have physical copies of this new album too, right? Oh yeah, sorry. Yeah, there'll be CDs. Um, I just talked to the manufacturer today. I should be getting them. They should be getting shipped out my way um, on Thursday. Nice. So I'll have, they're on Bandcamp, but if someone's listening to this and you're in Winnipeg, um, you know, don't hesitate to, to DM me or something. And uh, if you want to pick that up or if you want to get a digital copy and just um, include that you would like a physical, yeah. um, I'm not, they're not going to be selling out, I don't think. So <laughs> if you want to do that to just not, not pay shipping, then cool. um, totally. And if you get the CD, there maybe is, I wish I had it around me, but there's maybe going to be a secret CDR nice. that I made in the week before the release. Nothing done prior, week before the release. That might be included. Cool. Maybe. 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 <laughs> 